Well, it's always great to welcome on and say hello to Adam Rittenberg of ESPN.com and talk some Big 12 football. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. And as we uh, put in the request for each and every time this week, guys, take that second and leave a rating and a review on the show, on the podcast, especially on iTunes, where we are sending you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail if you leave us a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. I've got a, a box full of them waiting for you. Leave a rating and a review. Send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and the koozie's coming your way. Thanks, guys. Adam, let's get right into it with this conference. Uh, Oklahoma-Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game. I don't know what your preseason prediction was off the top of my head, but how surprised are you that this is the matchup we're going to get in just over a week from now? You know, in some ways not surprised because, right, Oklahoma has dominated the conference. They've won a number of Big 12 championships in a row, and it was just going to come down to who was going to play them. You know, was it going to be Texas? Was it going to be Oklahoma State, a team that had a lot of preseason hype, uh, or Iowa State. You know, Iowa State, I believe, was preseason top 25. They had Brock Purdy coming back. I thought they were a, a team that just found many ways to lose games last year, but they projected to be a strong team, and they put it together despite that opening loss to Louisiana. I'm just really impressed with their ability to respond and, and play well and obviously beat Oklahoma, beat Texas. Um, so, you know, in, in a sense, it's not surprising that Oklahoma is there at all. Somewhat surprising that Iowa State is there after they lost their first game, but they, they, it wasn't like they were a bad team coming into the season. They were just a team that had to figure out ways to win games after figuring out every way possible to lose games last year. So with that, I mean, I agree, um, Adam. You know, Matt Campbell is going to be the coach of the year in the conference, and now, of course, for what's really a third straight off season, Iowa State fans have to hear about Matt Campbell leaving Ames. I mean, he has proven time and time again he doesn't want to leave Ames. Uh, what do you make of the Matt Campbell rumors, where he might go? I mean, would Michigan make a run without Harbaugh? What do you think the future is, Adam, for, for Matt Campbell in Iowa State based on the people you talk to in the sport? Right. Well, I think it's important to, to, to note what you just said, uh, Pete, that Matt Campbell does love it in Iowa, in, 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 uh, in Iowa State, in, in Ames, I should say, and has great alignment there with his athletic director and the way they run the program. And, you know, what he does and the way he goes about his program isn't going to work everywhere else. He can't just go to, you know, brand name program X and and have the same type of of success. And so I think he's going to be very selective about the next move. Now he's as hot as you can be as a coach. Um, He's been a guy that's been on the radar for bigger programs for a number of years. And and now he's going to go to the Big 12 championship game, maybe win the Big 12 championship game. Uh, And so, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are interested in, in Matt. Um, I think even at the NFL level, possibly, it looks like Michigan's going to bring back Jim Harbaugh on, on, a, on a different restructured contract. But if they, if that one was to come open for some reason, I think that's a job where where Matt would be uh, a very, very interesting candidate, maybe the leading candidate for the Michigan job, given his background. You know, Texas will find out, um, you know, they obviously wanted Urban Meyer. It doesn't look like Urban Meyer's going there. And so now it's a question of do they even want to make a change and spend all the money to make a change? And if they do, where would Matt Campbell fall on that list? I don't know if he would necessarily be the top candidate. I think he'd be among uh, several candidates. But I don't know if Texas Pete is a good fit for Matt. I think that's where we have to get back to the way he runs his program, some of the things that he he really cares about, 
that he has right now at Iowa State. Are you able to replicate that at Texas? And if not, I really see him staying put. I honestly thought the three jobs that would come open that would really interest Matt, maybe four, are all in the Midwest, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and, uh, and Notre Dame. I guess Penn State's not really a Midwest school. But unless one of those comes open, I tend to think he's going to remain in Ames unless the NFL comes calling. He's uh, Adam Rittenberg, ESPN.com. He's on the show. So on that coaching front, you mentioned Tom Herman. You mentioned Texas. Obviously, the other uh, big coach that's getting a lot of talk in the conference. It, you mentioned Urban Meyer. It looks like that's not happening. So what do you think the smart thing to do is here, Adam? I mean, do you, do you roll with Tom Herman? He's recruited well. He lost a couple of very close games this year. This team has a couple of plays from having one loss. Do you look at that, or do you say, hey, he's not getting the most out of these great recruits? Which which side do you uh, do you fall on? Right. Yeah, it's a tricky one, right? Because, you know, they're, they're not achieving to the level that you wanted them to be at uh, after four years, especially given where they were after two years. And you know, Tom did say that they were ahead of schedule in year two when they uh, made the Big 12 title game and lost the – or well, sorry, won the Sugar Bowl against Georgia – um, but they have not built on that momentum a whole lot. And, you know, losses like the Iowa State game, uh, you know, where you have a lead and you find a way to uh, to come up short are, are, are infuriating for Texas. They want to be um, where Oklahoma is right now, and, and they're not. And, and uh, you know, it's been a long time since they were at that level. And so I, I did see a team, though, that improved, especially on the defensive side from the beginning of the season to the end. They're still recruiting pretty well, though they've had some blows lately. You know, losing the, the local quarterback to Ohio State is a big one, but that's not till the 2022 class. So I, I do think that, that you know, when, when Texas really looks at it, do they want to spend what's probably going to be a total cost of at least $25 million, if not $30 million, to do a complete coaching transaction, meaning you fire the head coach, you fire the staff, uh, who several of whom have many uh, multiple years on their contract, you bring in a new head coach, and then you hire a new staff, giving most of those coaches or all of them multiple year contracts. That's not cheap. And, and, and does Matt Campbell do it for you? Does, does James Franklin, do you make a run at Brian Kelly, Brent Venable, Steve Sarkeesian, or any of those guys uh, in your mind going to get you to that next level uh, where Tom Herman cannot? Um, so that, that, that's what Texas is, has to evaluate right now. Obviously, athletic director Chris Delconi and, and the other decision makers in Austin. Yeah. Adam, what about um, Oklahoma State? I mean, they, they've had a disappointing season. There's no other way to sugarcoat it. It is not lived up to the year that a lot of Cowboys fans wanted based on the amount of guys coming back on defense. Uh, you know, Chuba Hubbard back on offense with Tylen Wallace and Spencer Sanders. It just hasn't worked out for him. There's some heat on Mike Gundy. It seems like it's much more from the fans than it is from anybody internally in Stillwater. It seems crazy to me, but has it, has it, has this relationship, Mike Gundy with his alma mater that's going on 30 years, does it feel like it's just worn thin? I think a little bit. I don't think to the point where, you know, unless Mike wants to leave and he has had opportunities and, and has never left, um, I, I don't sense that there's real any, any real momentum for him not to be the coach, uh, at least for the, the short-term future. But, yeah, you're right. You're in a relationship that long. It's been rocky. There's been, obviously, some issues in the offseason this year, you know, team ultimately falling a bit short of expectations, um, even though they've had some, some nice wins, you know, losing to Oklahoma again. Uh, you know, that, that, you know the, the performance in your rivalry game has cost coaches jobs in the past. You know, Mike, Mike's record against, uh, against um, uh, Oklahoma is terrible. And uh, he's obviously done a lot of good things, but uh, they're, they're clearly uh, you know, a step or two behind the Sooners. And so that's something that, that uh, I, I just, again, I think it just is what it is. I, I sense Mike will be back next year and, and probably the year after that. And, 
and uh, but but it is it is an interesting discussion like like what like at what point is that relationship which is you know really served both sides pretty well overall when does it get to a point where uh, where it's not worth continuing yeah when you look at um where a couple of the newer coaches are in the conference uh, let's we haven't really talked a lot about this team but as bad as Kansas is Adam I mean they're rebuilding it seems like the right way with less miles High school guys, not the JUCO route, but it's led to an ugly, like uglier than than even by Kansas standards, it's ugly right now. So, it, it, give KU fans a reason for optimism. Is this the right way to build a program? Is Les Miles the guy? If so, why? I don't think it is. I, I think that um, I, you know maybe they're closer than than it, it looks. I know obviously they, they they played better. It seemed like last week against Texas Tech, but. You know, again, somebody's got to get worse for them to get better. That's the problem with the Big 12 is that there's a lot of teams in that middle and coaches have talked about it. You know, you know, for you to for you to move up, you've got to start beating somebody and they're probably going to have to get worse in their own program. So who's that going to be? I mean, Texas Tech uh, has obviously uh, struggled under Matt Wells, but, um, you know, TCU's TCU, uh, the Oklahoma schools are what they are. Um, you know, I, I think Kansas State you know, had, had, a, had a tough uh, end of the season, but they're they're on pretty solid footing. With, with Chris Kleiman. So I, I just don't know where, how Kansas moves up. And I just don't sense a whole lot of excitement. Um, you know, even though there was certainly initial excitement when Les arrived, I really think ultimately Pete, they're going to need somebody who knows how to win in that state and has more familiarity with the junior college scene and some, and some, you know, unique recruiting. I, I, you know, Willie Fritz is a guy that I think they should have hired last time around, or at least taken a, a stronger look at. I think he would do great. I think you need somebody with a more unique scheme so I wasn't a fan of this hire. I think Les Miles is a great coach. I just don't see it working out in Lawrence. But I've been proven wrong many times before and, and certainly wish them well. He is Adam Rittenberg, ESPN.com. Adam, when you look at the big picture here, it does not look like the Big 12 is going to have a team in the college football playoff because OU and Iowa State both have two losses. But uh, is that a fair assessment or because of the strangeness of 2020? I mean, we don't know if Ohio State's going to get the required amount of games in, right? Like, we're still confused about some of that. The Pac-12 hasn't played any games for the most part. So if there's ever a year where a two-loss team like, let's say, Oklahoma gets in, is this the year based on how well that team is playing right now? I don't think so. I, I just think that the system is set up that two-loss teams are not going to get in unless they just have incredible resumes. And you know, the problem for OU is that their resume – um, is, you know, there's not a ton that jumps off the page, right? They lost to Iowa State. They lost to now a below 500 Kansas State team. Um, they have played really well lately, but USC's playing well. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are playing well. A&M is playing well right now. So uh, they would need a lot to go right here. Um, and and I, I do honestly believe that at the end of the day, you know, a, a 6-0 and Ohio State team, even if they don't play in the Big Ten title game, would get in over any two-loss team. You also have Cincinnati sitting out, out there at uh, number seven. We'll see where they are later today. Um, but uh, uh, you know, they're a team that if they win their conference championship game is, is going to have, I think, a stronger resume than anybody with two losses. Where do you stack up the Big 12 in terms of the Power Five right now as you, as you look at it, Adam? I would say number, you know, it, it, it's probably in that uh, three to four range. I mean, mm -hmm. the Pac-12, I think we all agree right now, is, is at five. Um, I think USC's success is, is imperative to getting that conference back closer to, um, you know, closer to the top. But, but I, I think it's, it's, you know, SEC, Big Ten, and then ACC, Big 12 are sort of in that second group. Um, you know, the Big 12 has, has I think their, their strength, as we mentioned 
just just long not long ago is that, that you know there's not very many bad teams other than Kansas. You know, there's a lot of teams that have the ability to come up and beat you. Baylor obviously took a step back this year, had some tough situation there, but I think they're going to be okay in the long run. Uh, but I think I think the Big Twelve uh, again going forward, the, the key is you know Texas. You know, it, it's I mean there's kind of a key with every league, but the but the uh, but the Big Ten, right? Like the the, the I'm sorry, but the SEC. The Big Ten wants Michigan to get back to being Michigan. The the Pac-12 needs USC to be USC. The Big 12 needs Texas to be that second challenger because we've seen enough uh, evidence that Oklahoma State probably isn't that team. And then the uh, and then the ACC wants to get a, a second challenger for Clemson, although Clemson has served them so well. Ideally, it's Florida State or or maybe it's Miami, a top 10 team this year under Manny Diaz. You want that second team, and right now the Big 12 consistently doesn't have that so that maybe it's Iowa State um maybe they're getting closer to that point where they don't just have to rely on Oklahoma to get to the playoff but they have multiple challengers in most seasons yeah Adam Rittenberg ESPN.com Adam great to have you on really appreciate the time okay thanks Pete appreciate it He's Adam Rittenberg, ESPN. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Before you close out, leave that rating and review. It helps us grow the show tremendously. It really does make a big difference. It's growing because of you guys, and that's why I'm sending you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. When you leave that rating and review, and then send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and the koozie is coming your way. So, Thanks so much to you guys. And by the way, if you're not on our message boards on heartlandcollegesports.com, hop on there. We give away uh, $20 gift cards. Yes, every week to the best posters. So get on there, join us there, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much.